Oh, you know what I love? Sports. I love sports. Sports, 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 sports. When it comes to Texas A&M. Where are you getting this information? Let me tell you. Welcome to Texas. I need to talk a little sports with you, Ags. David Nunez here with Texas Radio. Billy Lucci here on Texas Radio. Olin Buchanan. We will develop men. We will graduate players. And we will win championships on the field. The best way for us to win is to do it together. Do you realize everybody knows who you are right now? I think we're coming into this year with a new confidence. Schools are like, we're freaking Texas A&M, man. Like... That's about as clear a throw-catch combo as there is. I saw the safety roll, the slot fade. I knew where I needed to put the ball. You had no other option but one hand at that point. Yeah, man, 50-50 ball, I got to come down with. You know, if I'm betting on anybody, it's the Aggies. All right, everybody, let's get right into it. Aggie basketball found that secret recipe, or the recipe we've actually known for the last couple of years. Getting it all done. It is Texas Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. We are here in my own Rollo Insurance studio in Houston, Texas. I'll explain that here in a moment. But uh, let's bring in our Heisman Trophy voter, Olin Buchanan, who's always part of the Go Hour, presented by the Warehouse at CC Creations. OB, good morning, buddy. Uh, good morning, David. How are you? I- I'm doing well. How are you? And how is everything with your family? We're, we're okay. We're okay. Good. So um, not to make it too personal here, my dad had a really bad fall on Friday, right before the show started, and uh, that's why I headed out early. He's in the hospital right now, dealing with some other complications because of the fall, but uh, I think he's trending in the right direction, so thank you, OB, for asking. Uh, by the way, I was in the hospital all weekend, and, and I'll be going right after this show, and I was watching on my phone the uh, Aggie basketball game and on the TV the Texas playoff game, and uh, I it was weird, OB, because... This seems like when we talk about this Aggie basketball team, we knew this was the recipe. I think they've got to embrace who they are, and I think they're starting to do that. You're not a good shooting team, so you're just going to have to get every rebound possible and put all the putbacks back because that is your secret offense. Yeah, what they have something crazy like 27 offense rebounds. I'm, I'm, I may be uh, – I think that's right. Is that is that accurate? I know, I know it was a ridiculous number. Um where I was, um, where I was encouraged was that they were only down two at halftime, despite the fact that Wade Taylor got in foul trouble and was scoreless in the first half. I'm thinking, uh, you know, some guys stepped up. I think there are five different guys hit three pointers, which is a, kind of amazing in itself for A and M, right? And and one of them wasn't uh, Wade in the first half. And you know, other guys stepped up, which is what we haven't seen. Uh, often enough to keep a and in, in contention. And then when Wade came back, you know, he was able to make some really big plays for him and um, picked up a really impressive win over a better than we thought they'd be uh, team on the road in LSU. Look, they have to claw their way to the victory. I like the lineup change. I, 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 Jace Carter's impressing me, man. He's er, er, These last few games, each game I'm seeing a little bit more. I'm like, I need to see more of this guy in the lineup. And w- when we got that. Yeah, he's he he really played well, um, and quite frankly, all, almost everybody did for a for a And M. I think they actually shot a they were amazing at the three point line for a And M by a And M standards, which were very low. So they had a big night at the free th- at the three point line for a And M, 
And uh, even I think they ended up when it was over with shooting around thirty seven percent, which isn't good. But much of the game they were over forty percent, which for A and M's not not too bad. I'm talking about overall. But um, you know Anderson Garcia keeps making those plays that nobody you know that are easy to forget. Uh, but they're the type of plays that at, when it's all over with, you find you, you look back and you see how key they are. And then uh, Wade with a, a big three and two clutch free throws in the final minutes. And, uh, you know, Solomon Washington made some really get, just guys stepped up and, and made significant contributions. Um, and that's what they're going to have to have. And, you know, and Henry only played about 10 minutes. And I don't even think, I don't even think they wanted to, to play him. He didn't start, I don't believe, but uh, I think they put him in out of necessity and probably because he wanted to play. But again, it's not a it's a team that's far from full strength and to win on the road um under those circumstances, um, that's that's not only impressive, man, that's that's something they really needed. Well look, um you, you mentioned Anderson Garcia. I have a type, right? And excuse me if that sounds funny, but I have a type of basketball player that I like, and he looks like Anderson Garcia. And AM, uh, to Buzz's credit, is full of players of that style of mentality. The thing that I think it goes understated about Anderson. He's becoming a reliable offensive player. He's not a, like, nobody's drawing up plays for Anderson Garcia. But you trust him when he gets the ball under the basket. You trust him with a little quick putback. Um, every once in a while, an occasional three. I, I think from that respect, Anderson has really become a reliable guy that sometimes can give you a double-double, but you need him out there on the floor at all times. Well, they definitely need him. He, again, uh, I got to be real careful the way I'm trying to say this because it'd be easy to say, oh, you're crazy. He's a lot like just in his contribution, not necessarily in his style of play, but in his contribution, he's a lot like Alex Caruso was in that he makes so many significant plays that are kind of overshadowed. He's not always looking to score. He's lo- even Buzz said he doesn't like to, to shoot. He's looking for somebody else to sc- to shoot. Get it in the hands of your best players. But I'll go get it and give you extra chances. But then he makes those just those heady, heady plays. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know where they'd be without him. Well, Ob, it kind of goes back to what we've been saying for a while. And look. This is a game where Wade Taylor, at least in the first half, did not play very much. Right. A game that we didn't see that much of Henry Coleman. Mm-hmm. Um, and a game where you needed others to step up. I thought Boots stepped up. And they stepped up in a way that, like, kind of like what we discussed on Friday. And we'll go over some of the things that uh, I had for three things I want to see. But, like, it's not like we need another 30-point shooter. When I say we A&M basketball, I mean, we gladly take another 30-point score. Right. But somebody just to be a reliable guy getting to the rim, somebody giving you some double-digit points and where the defense has to account for you at all times. And that's what AM got with Boots and from Jace Carter and from others. Yeah. Uh, it was – if you could get that performance but without the Wade having to miss all of the <laughs> – almost all the first half and, um, and then – you know Henry playing a whole game. So if you can get healthy and get that performance, guys, I'm not. A, you know, like I know what you're saying. You're not asking for somebody else like to have that game like Boots had against Auburn last year. But guys going in and making significant contributions and and 
you know, playing well, and then just have Wade being Wade, then you can go out and beat anybody. But if 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 you're not healthy, and then if Wade gets in foul trouble, or if you have one of those games where because you can't count on Wade to score 19 points and a half or 30 points in a game every night, so you got to get away from that. But fortunately. Maybe we're seeing the signs that they're breaking out of that with what Jace, like you're referring to, with what Jace has done, uh, what Anderson has done. Uh, Boots is starting. He, he's still erratic on his shot, but he's starting to produce again the way we'd expect Boots Radford to. And, you know, if, if, if that's going to be more of a consistent thing, then you don't have to rely on Wade to go out and score the volume that he's been scoring at lately. But you hope he does. I think he scored, what is it, uh, 70, 82, about 99 points in the last three games, 98 points in three games, something crazy like that. Well, OB, now at two and three in SEC play, look, I know how this works, right? Uh, the day or a couple days after a game, there's this emotional roller coaster attached to a win or a loss, right? Mm-hmm. You lose, you wonder, are they ever going to win again? Can they ever hit a shot again? When they beat an LSU team, uh, some would be like, well, LSU wasn't expected to be good, but they're pretty good guys, and they got some talent, right? So now you look at it at two and three in SEC play as a real opportunity, because Absolutely. look, I know you still got a real tough matchup um, this weekend, but you got some opportunities to feel better. Can we pull up the uh, the schedule? Next three games uh, at home. Sorry. Next three games at home. Are they Next not? Three no, games but... at home. Opportunities yeah, yeah. to get stuff done. Yeah, and you know Missouri's a team that's struggling, uh, so you got to make sure they continue to struggle. Ole Miss has been up and down. Uh, Florida, I think they got a big guy that can play, so that concerns me a little bit. And then you go to Missouri, like I said, they're struggling. I I would think I would I would expect, but not take for granted that A and M would win the next four. I would think they'd be favored in the next four until you have Tennessee coming down. Then we'll reevaluate, but. Yes, there's absolutely an opportunity for A&M to, uh, to get on a roll here. Let's uh, go back to the three things I want to see from this weekend. That uh, And, Obi, I, I don't know if you remember yours, but I do have mine in front of, my, uh, in front of me. Uh, the first thing that I had here as I, my computer freezes up, uh, a wingman, a robin, a sidekick. Can somebody else score? And they got that. They got that from a couple of guys. And yeah. it wasn't splashy as we just talked about, but we, we did see – other people contribute offensively that opened up Wade and also kept the team afloat when Wade wasn't out there in the first half. Yeah, absolutely. And that was so critical that they were able to, again, keep A&M in contention. So many guys that were, like you said, just maybe not stars by any means, but just made such significant contributions that were that were so key. By the way, let me throw this in before we go any further. Uh, LSU was one for their last eight shots down the stretch, just like at the end of Kentucky in the overtime. A&M, sometimes their defense is up and down, but, man, lately when they've had to have it, boy, they've really uh, clamped down. But Yeah, they can certainly clamp down at the end of the game. And I think it's interesting, as I'm watching the game on Saturday, there's a point where A&M had a stretch where they weren't scoring. I forget what it was, four minutes, six minutes, whatever the stretch was. And I'm thinking to myself, I hope this is not the narrative we're talking about again about an A&M team going cold. And AM not only played great defense down the stretch, they hit big buckets down the stretch as well, OB. Yeah, that three pointer by Wade to give him a three point lead and then uh Wade with you know two clutch free throws. Um that was just enough. 
Now, now, do they need to shoot better? Yes, they need to. Will they? We don't know. But they play the way – I guess we've gotten accustomed to seeing Buzz Williams' teams play. It's just with the tenacity and, you know, force the other team to take bad shots, get the rebounds, get second shots, and, you know, just manufacture enough points to win. And hopefully, like I said, they'll be able to continue to do that and get on a, a, a nice significant winning streak here. The second thing I wanted the COB, I didn't necessarily get, but I'm okay I didn't get it because the percentage was good and also it was not that different from LSU. Less threes. A&M didn't necessarily take less threes. They took 33 33, threes, if I remember correctly. I'm going to revisit the box score here. Yep, 33. But they made 10 of them. So I'll take that percentage compared to what we've seen in the past. LSU only made uh, 11 of 34. So not that different. So they didn't take less threes, but they were more efficient from three, and also they were right in the same ballpark as their opponent. Yeah, and a lot of times when they've lost, the the three point um, stats have been significant, or not even hugely in in favor of the opponent. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I'll say this: I would take ten for thirty three every game from here on out, and say if that's what you're going to give me, I'll take it, and yeah. uh, you know, I'll take my chances with that. All right, if you want to be part of the conversation this morning, you can do it multiple ways. By the way, this is Coffee Talk, presented by Texax Coffee. Bit the hell out of the morning by going to texax.com slash coffee, taking my sip of my Texax coffee. I don't get paid for that endorsement. It's just what we do here on Texax. Uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can text us, 979-693-1150. What do you think about the Aggie basketball performance? Any other thoughts in college sports or even the NFL to get into? We will talk about Dan Campbell and those Detroit Lions. You can call us as well at that same number, 979-693-1150. We go behind the glass and we say hello to Nick Savage. Nick, good morning, buddy. Howdy, good morning, y'all. And yeah, uh, David, I'm actually going to talk about a little bit of Dan Campbell right now. Um, I'm sure you saw Texas A&M football Twitter account kind of took the Detroit Lions post of Dan Campbell's post-game speech. It's about a minute long. I'm going to play it here because I think if you're an Aggie, you got to hear it. So uh, here's Dan Campbell post-game. You guys, you guys are unbelievable, man. I, I'm telling you, we talked about it all, all year. This started a long time ago. You're built for this. You're built for this, man. And look what you guys did. You went out there and the way, it's another hot team that we knocked off. It's the next hot team that you knock off. You know how hard it is to win this league in the playoffs? Do you understand what you're doing right now? What we're capable of? That's two. All right? That's two. We got two to go. With a bye in the middle. With a bye in the middle. I am unbelievably proud of everybody in here, man. Coaches, players. That's a way to mount up, man. That's not a, that's a, that's a fucking difficult team to beat, man. All right? I got one game ball. Man, in the game, you can play Derek Barnes. First cool. of all, uh, I, I would love to play for Dan Campbell. Not that I do anything well, but if I could, I would love to play for a coach like Dan Campbell. And it's interesting how many talk shows right now, uh, Nick, you can jo- join us on this, have revisited his opening day press conference. And if you listen to Aggies, like we all, like day one, we we knew. I don't know if we knew they would be in the NFC Championship game, but we knew this guy had something special. 
And it's interesting have seeing these media members having to eat a little crow right now. Oh, boy, they eat a lot of crow. Um, yeah, it was easy to laugh at the biting the kneecaps and ankles and all those things. Uh, but you know what? Uh, not literally, but figuratively, that's what that team does. And there's, yep. a, there's a cliche in sports that a team takes on the personality of its coach. And I think nowhere do you see that cliche being uh being uh justified is not the word i want reinforced than in detroit with dan campbell hey we've got nick here i asked him a little bit earlier uh ob i'll, I'll chat with you about it i missed the brawny wedding i know it was all over the message boards i missed it i missed OB, did you cut a rug i actually no uh i actually missed the wedding but i got there in time for the uh for the reception Pardon? so i didn't miss the food but yeah, you know, I had to cover the basketball game. Yeah. Basketball game started at three. The wedding started at four. You know, but fortunately, uh, the place where they had the reception wasn't too far from my house. So once I got my article done, I drove over there just as uh, Ryan and Ashley were about to walk in and be presented to the reception and all that. So uh, good barbecue, as you would expect. Did yeah. not do any dancing. The uh, beautiful Mrs. Buchanan uh, couldn't make it. And, uh, you know, she's the only one I dance with because, man, frankly, nobody else would want to dance with me. But, but uh, you know, that's – so I didn't dance. Plus, they were doing all that line dancing. And I'm just – you know, I'm just yeah, not a line Not dancer. a fan either, OB. It's, yeah. it's too complicated. I, uh, I like to – when I'm dancing, I like to have my partner in my arms and, you know, woo her with my moves. You know, do we get any bad buddy played at the, at the I didn't hear any. But you know what? If they did – I wouldn't know it. Nick, any any no, there, contemporary music? Oh yeah, there was. There, uh, um, I couldn't tell you who. There's a lot of uh, a lot of Cajun swing music too. It was pretty. I, I was a fan of that. There might have been. I don't. I don't know if there's any Bad Bunny, but there might have been some Eddie Rabbit. Because there was a lot of country music. A lot of country music yeah. out there, huh? So Eddie yeah. Rabbit, maybe. You guys would be proud of wife and I and the kids planning our, our rodeo like experience, what concerts we want to yeah. go to, Eric Church, a lot of those dudes. So we're, we're kind of uh, Whiskey Myers going to the rodeo, so we're trying to figure out what we're going to go to. Well, yippee yay You probably don't know either of those. Yeah, Eric I know Church that. Forward. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. Good. Hey, let's go to the uh, Angry Elephant News and Social Center. That's where we find Matthew Dawson. Matthew, good morning, buddy. Good morning. Hope everything is well with your family, David, as well as Thank everyone you. in the chat uh, saying that as well. So I'm sure David appreciates that a lot. Our own Eric Casares. How about that? In their Invitational, a 405 mile for first place. How about that? Yeah. How about that? How about that, OB? He's I'm, fast. Uh, I know sometimes I'm behind people coming to work, and I think they couldn't drive a mile that fast. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Eric. Now there's... There's a, a a bad bunny right there, Eric. He's like a rabbit, jackrabbit, the way he runs. That guy sticks around. Like, we've been trying to get rid of him for so long, but he comes back every year. He's always here, buddy, right around this time. And he's a heck. And I'm kidding, Eric. You know, we love you, buddy. He's a heck of a runner. Unbelievable. And, 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 and great at what he does here at the Social Center. And he's got a podcast. He's doing it all. Yeah. What else, Matthew? Well, women's tennis preseason polls came out for SEC. They ranked number one in the preseason polls. And they had their opening weekend against Harvard and ACU, 6-1, 7-0. Mary Stoyana looking awesome. I mean, we're just we're cooking over there in ladies' tennis. Dreamweaver. 
Dreamweaver swimming team as well. I mean, we just didn't lose this weekend. The Aces just did not lose well, swimming and diving, men and women's. Well, handled. there was one loss, well, but, but it was understandable. We could talk about that as well. But swimming and diving, they absolutely destroyed LSU. Men's won 182 to 118. Women's won 171 to 126 in the pool. That was awesome. So, and, and women's basketball. But South Carolina looked they like the number fell, one team in the country. They but it's the number one team in the country. They looked so. like the number one team in the country. Yeah. Hey, one step at a time. One step. They're on time. their way. They're on their way. They are definitely trending upward. If you all want to be a part of the conversation, you know how to do it. I already told you, but 979-693-1150. All right, OB. Can we talk food? Let's do it. I always all like to right. talk food. How do you spell food? F-A-R-G-O. Oh, uh-huh. you. See? <laughs> I tried to give you a curveball. You knew how to answer that. Well, but of course, you know, when it comes to spelling, Richard's annotated, I have a lot of typos. But I spell food, especially on Tuesdays, F-A-R-G-R-O-R-I-B-T-I-P-S. So I'm at the hospital on Saturday. My brother Alex is there. He goes, hey, OB really, really likes rip tips, huh? I go, <laughs> oh, yeah. He loves them rip tips. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not, I don't get paid anything for that. I'm just telling you the truth. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I liked it if I didn't. And those rib tips are amazing. But you know, I've, I've said it before. I also like uh, that uh, chopped beef on the baked potato. I've had a great chopped beef sandwich. You know, I, I, I've had their pork ribs. I am not limited to the rib tips. I just really love the rib tips. I like a, I like everything I've had uh, at uh, Fargo's. Oh, you know, I'm a protein guy. Yeah, huge protein guy. You are. But if I decided to, you know what, I'm going to mix it up a little bit, get a little protein, and what carb do you think carb fat, carb slash fat, would I go with? Well, it would be macaroni and cheese. So Thursday's your day. But you can get macaroni and cheese, I believe, any day. Any day except uh, Sunday and Monday. Fargo, 1701 South Texas Avenue in Bryan, without a doubt, the what? The best barbecue in Texas, which equates to the best barbecue in the universe. You know, that's their trademark. Well, that's because it's true. That's right. Welcome back into Texas Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers Rollo Insurance Studio uh, here in Houston, Texas. And uh, it is the go hour presented by the warehouse at CC Creations. OB is at the real Rollo Insurance Studio there in College Station as uh, we're doing the show from different locations. All good because I can see him. He can see me. OB, we started with basketball. Our buddy Brad, a little surprise. We 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 started with basketball often. We love talking basketball, uh, especially after a, that, a win over LSU. That, especially after a win over LSU. Heck yeah! And, and to be honest with you, like my career started in basketball. Uh, when I say in basketball, not not like playing, but you know that's really where I got my I cut my teeth was with the Dallas Mavericks, the Houston Rockets. Um, and also, my first media job, on-air job, was covering the A&M basketball team when Billy Gillespie was there back in 2005. Uh, I started my journalism career taking basketball scores over the phone at the Longview Morning Journal. So, Do people still do that, like, or do they just use Twitter now, do you think? Because I, I had to no do that idea. for KBTX back in the day. I have no idea. I've been away from that so long. I don't know what they do anymore. I have to ask Cease. I remember when I was getting into the industry, OB, the old media guys, when I say old, like us, our age, 45 and up, mm. we'd be like, I wouldn't get in the business if I were you. It's going in a weird direction. <laughs> um, and I feel like that's what our generation now is telling the new people. <laughs> well, um, yeah, there's a lot of times when I wish I'd listened to those old guys. 
<laughs> but uh, fortunately, it's not worked here. Texax. No, no. Well, yeah, Texax was my lifeline. Thank goodness. Uh, otherwise, I'd probably be working in a grocery store in Tennessee right now. But uh, um, it is a hard business. And I tell everybody. Sometimes I'm asked to talk to students. What and I tell them I always tell them my first advice is don't get in it. My second advice, if you're going to do it, uh, make sure you have a backup plan because, you know, there might come a time when you don't want to do it anymore because you get tired of working weekends and nights or your wife or significant other is tired of you doing that. But uh, there's no doubt that it's it's fun. And if you got a, uh, like in our case, if you have like a spouse that supports that, um, man, you're really lucky and you have a, and it can be a lot of fun. And I think that was always more important to me is enjoying my job was more important than making, you know, extra money. It's always more fun covering a team that wins. It, it, like for us, especially at Texas, like I'm an Aggie, like this is, I root for, for these teams. But even when you are covering a team that you don't necessarily have an allegiance to, going into a locker room of a winning team throughout the season makes the job so much more pleasurable um, and going in a locker room of a losing team is it, it the questions get harder, they get agitated more easy. Like you can't wait for the season to be over. And we go through that sometimes here. Like we're just ready for the year to be done. Uh, but that is that's one of the parts. Like you better love it if you're gonna do this industry because they ain't you're gonna lose your teams are gonna lose more than they win unless you're in New England from the last twenty years. And now you're dealing with the other part now. Mm-hmm. Even if you cover New England. Um look, um, yeah, if your team doesn't win, that's why uh, you're supposed to uh, have a cordial relationship with coach, but don't be don't be buddies with them because the time's going to come, perhaps that you have to ask some really difficult questions if if a team is struggling of that coach, and you know if you're buddies, you may not do that. You may not want to do that. So anyway, um, hey. I'm glad you said that, Obi, because I may have told this story on the air, but I'm going to say it. Um, there's two different occasions where that didn't bite me in the butt, but it could have. Um, one was years back, I'd say maybe 2012 or 13, or around that ra- uh, range. I was interviewed by a national network, one that covers a particular sport that we talk about a lot, right? And they had their own channel. And in one of the interviews, they asked me about my relationships in the Texans locker room. Uh, it was probably before 12. And I remember my response being, oh, I'm friends with so-and-so, or I'm good buddies with this guy. And, you know, like, you know, and and the producer at the time, who used to become from the print world, he goes, hey, man, in the future, in an interview, don't tell that you're friends with so-and-so, because I don't want you to be friends. I want you to have a good relationship with them. But if you are the friend of so-and-so, are you going to be able to report on them the way you need to as a journalist, not worry about your friendship, not worry? Like, you're going to have to be a real journalist in that situation, and it's very hard when you have that kind of relationship. And that always stuck with me. Yeah. I'll give you an example. You know, I like – I liked, on the surface, Jimbo Fisher. I liked him. I didn't have anything against him. But after that Tennessee game – you have to say, hey, you know, what do you say to the people that no longer think you can get this job done? That's a hard question to ask a guy that you like. But can you ask the guy that question if uh, if you're really good friends? Now, let me tell you something. There's been some other coaches I've been looking forward to asking them the tough question because I didn't get along with them very well. Um, 
I like Buzz Williams, right? But uh, and I'm glad that they uh, uh, won that game, and I hope they go on a ru- ru- uh, long run. Because like you, you know, I didn't go to A and M, but I'm invested in A and M, so I'm, I'm I, I want them to have success. Um, but even if there was an opportunity to be quote buddies with the coach, you you just can't uh, because you've got to be able to separate that. And um, I don't know how we got on this, but it's just part of the you know what the, the way you have to approach your job. Now, when I was a national writer, I wasn't friends with anybody, so. I'd go in, win locking rooms and losing rock rooms. It'd be about the same. But anyway, I don't know how we got on this. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of the way you have to approach your job, I think. All right, let's get a break here. I want you to catch me up on the NFL when we come back. I mean, I, I watched the Texans. I watched part of the Lions game. But there were some other things I didn't watch, so we'll talk about that. And we got some other things to get. Oh, Jordan Peterson, um, not yeah. the guy from Canada. The coach. No, guy from joining, Lexington. Uh, say that, Obi? The guy from Lexington. The guy from Lexington. I bet you he's had there some of that snow's barbecue. Well, we'll talk about that, and uh, we'll get to your text messages at 979-693-1150. Right now, we're talking Millican Reserve. Farm-to-table community in College Station. They got homes. They got trails. They got wide-open spaces. And their mission is to build a healthy community around nature. And they've done that by uh, creating the sanctuary for family, for nature, and for each other. They've done such a wonderful job there with their 2,600 acres of open space. They've got farms. They've got trails. they got it all out there, 30 miles of trails when you go to Millican Reserve. And they do a wonderful job of connecting families to nature and to each other through a network of trails throughout a wooded landscape. It's a place for generation after generation just to come together and enjoy being outdoors. And that's really what uh, Millican Reserve is all about. It's raining hard in Houston right now. I'm not sure what it's like in CSTX and Bryan, uh, but... It's probably not the best time to go outdoors, but when it gets outdoors, that is the place you want to go. Hiking, biking, canoeing, kayaking, you name it. They got it all there at Millican Reserve. Uh, And the website to check it all out is MillicanReserve.com. Again, that website, MillicanReserve.com. We are back here on a rainy Monday morning. Texags Radio presented by David Garner Jewelers, Rollo Insurance Studio. Go Hour presented by The Warehouse at CC Creations. Maroon never looks so good. With Maroon, you, OB, in studio. I am on location in Houston. OB, catch me up, all right? So I'm seeing Norwood tweeted all over the place. Oh, I my. did. I know what happened. Yeah. Well, kind of explain. I, I wasn't watching the Buffalo game. I was tending to my dad at that time. Uh, but take me through it because I hear Josh Allen gets a little bit of the blame as well. It's not just the missed field goal. Well, he does. Um, now, in the fourth quarter, he threw two long passes that were really well thrown uh, that could have been huge I mean, I'm talking like 40 and 50 yard gains, and his receivers dropped them, including Diggs, which was the the, the worst one. But they're at the end; uh, they're they're trying to win the game. They had a chance to win the game, and it's third and eight, and he has Stephon Diggs crossing wide open. If you throw it to him, he's going to catch it and cut up field and probably be inside the 15, maybe the 10. Um, instead, he. Throw, tries to throw downfield in what I thought was going to be a very uh, low percentage that it was going to be completed anyway, but I think got deflected and so incomplete. So now they have to kick the field goal. Um, you know, take take the take the he didn't take the layup. He tried to go for the for the windmill reverse jam and threw it off the back iron. Right when a layup would have was all you need. So um, now they have to kick the field goal to tie and then hopefully. Then they're going to be hopefully, if he kicks the field goal, uh, preventing Pat Mahomes from going down and scoring because there'd still be about a minute to go. Well, the guy misses the field goal. It's a it's forty. It's about forty yards. 
You expect a, a professional kicker, if, as long as the snap is good and the hold is good, a professional kicker should be able to make a 45, between 45 and 40-yard field goal. I mean, you get paid, paid millions of dollars. And he shanked it. It, it came off. It looked like it was going to go. I mean, it looked like it was going to be good. And then it, uh, I guess, what was that? If you were playing golf, if what is it? Hooks to the right. Slice? It sliced to the left, hooks to the right, whichever. Anyway, so it kind of hooked to the right, I guess you would say, or slide. I don't know. But it went right, just like Scott Norwide in the Super Bowl, Norwood in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, they had their opportunities. Um, um, you know, tough break. I thought uh, – I was actually hoping they'd win. You know, I'm in the house with a Raiders fan, so, of course, uh, they're yelling vehemently against the Chiefs. And well, I just like I like Josh Allen, but he made he's going to make it harder for me to defend him uh, from critics. Well, what is what I heard? I was listening uh, to the uh, show before hours on ESPN, and you know, some a caller brought up an interesting point. As good as Josh Allen has been, he has not had an elite coach by him, right? And you know, there's there's talk of maybe Bill Belichick could end up at Buffalo, and what how that changes the trajectory of his career. I will say that the uh, the coach from uh, the Bills decided to try a fake f- punt on like fourth and five at his own forty, and it got blown up. And at the time, the the Bills were down three, and the Bills, but they got very fortunate because the Chiefs went right down and looked like they were going to score the knockout punch. And the guy fumbles at the one-yard line, and the ball rolls into the end zone and out of bounds. So they got a stay of execution. And, uh, but they couldn't take advantage of it. Uh, either drop passes or, again, there at the end, he, he just went to the wrong guy. I feel like I'm in 1986, OB, because in my parents' office, which is where I'm doing the show from, the phone is ringing, and it feels like I haven't heard a phone ring like this so a long time because you know most of us have the way our cell phones ring yeah. right or you know like a vibrate or a certain tone right and they've got the old-fashioned phone just going to town i kind of missed that i kind of missed that the old the it's just the old-fashioned phone yeah it's soothing you know i kind of miss the old days but uh I, I miss the old days about like uh josh allen missed that receiver at the end of the game or that guy missed hey. the field goal Speaking of a receiver, I know they're not going to be able to go on, but Mike Evans, Mike again, Evans. man. I wonder if that was his last game for the Bucks, and a lot of people say it, it you know, project that it will be. Well, he sure went out on a, with a blaze of glory. Eight catches, 147 yards, a touchdown. Uh, just, I think it was two, maybe three big catches on a drive uh, for a touchdown just before the half. I think the Bucks went like 90 yards in a minute. For a touchdown, yep. I think uh, Evans had, I think, two long catches and maybe even another one on that one. Um, but, yeah, he's been so brilliant. Such a – he's my favorite Aggie player, I think, ever. You know, a guy that had great physical talent, but that wasn't enough for him. He was going to do everything he could to make himself the best he could be, and I think he'll be in the Hall of Fame one day. But you know what? You know who else had a touchdown in that game? Josh Reynolds. So two A and M receivers on both uh, teams, and both of them have touchdowns in that game. So now it sets up a showdown: Lions and Niners. Yep. And um, man, I I think the Lions 
are going to win. Like, and I hate to say it out loud because I know people they oh you jinxed them, but like that style of football, the uh, way they're playing OB, and you know, look, I haven't been that impressed with San Francisco recently. They're winning. Uh, obviously, yeah, they were very fortunate by missed field goal yeah. as well. Um, look, uh, I think San Francisco's gonna, San Francisco will win that game. I hope they do not. I'll be rooting hard for the uh, uh, Lions because growing up they were my second favorite team because their uniforms were similar to Dallas's. I, I know that's a great analysis and a reason why I like a team, but that's how it was when I was a kid. And then uh, um, Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn and Josh Reynolds. By the way, Aaron Glenn's done an amazing job, and a lot of people think – he may be a head coach next season. Hope so for his sake. But um, yeah, and plus that's just an easy team to root for. You know, they've been down, they were downtrodden for so long. And then they hired Dan Campbell, and so many of the people that act like they're experts were like, oh, what a terrible hire. And look at this guy. And, you know, and what do you know? You know, here's this guy that's turned down a, a franchise that's been a laughing stock for. Since ninety, since ninety four, kind of like another team I know. But anyway, um, and he's got them in the NFC Championship game. That's 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 incredible. Uh, the 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 job he's done in a in a relatively short period of time. Yeah, it, it's it's fun to watch. And so, you think the Niners will win? I think. What about so. in the AFC? Um, I think. I think the Ravens are going to win. I think the Ravens are going to beat the uh, the Chiefs, and uh, and and I think a big reason because I'm very provincial in my thinking, but I think Justin Matabike is just going to go out there and kick some ass and take some names. Mahomes, Maato, he's going to go out there and play well, and and of course I'm, I'm sure uh, Lamar Jackson will have something to do with it as well. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Um, can we talk for a moment? Or you know what? Let's do it on the next second because it's already 845 and I'm going to try. I was really bad the other day of hitting breaks on time. When we come back, I do want to talk about uh, Jordan Peterson coming to Texas A&M. We'll get to some text messages and uh, we'll finish out the Go Hour presented by the Warehouse at CC Creations. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the Traveling Aggies Expo coming up this Friday from 1.30 to 6 o'clock. If you love to travel and uh, you want to see the world with your friends, those Aggies out there, right? Your Aggies, your family. The Traveling Aggies program is going to take you and a friend on a once-in-a-lifetime adventure around the world. All details arranged by trusted travel partners. They invite you to explore those possibilities at this Friday's Traveling Aggies Expo Showcase 2025, an exclusive event unveiling those amazing trips. Again, January 26, 1.30-6 at the Clayton W. Williams Jr. Alumni Center, where you can learn about upcoming adventures, adventures as travel partners will host short sessions highlighting their unique destinations you can also take advantage of special trip savings at the Expo. Join, uh, please enjoy a free Messina Hoff wine tasting, door prizes, and a chance to win grand prize of an Aggie baseball weekend, which includes two tickets to AM baseball game in the association suite, two nights stay at the AM Hotel and Conference Center, dinner for two at the Vintage House restaurant located at the Messina Hoff, and a Messina Hoff wine basket. To learn more or register, all you need to do is visit uh, tx.ag slash travel expo. That is tx. Dot ag slash travel expo. It is the association of former students. Ob, your mouth got really wide open. There. I know. I'm jamming to Boston here. You ever been to Boston Market? I have. Just, uh, I liked it.
Been to Boston, Massachusetts twice to cover BC games. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They lost Glenn Foley? Huh? Glenn Foley? Mm, I don't know. He was their quarterback in 1993. No, I actually saw right. Matt Ryan uh, uh, when he was quarterbacking there. Yeah? Yeah. So I saw him Hey, lose. it's Texax Radio. We're presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. We're here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Go Hour coming to a close. Presented by the Warehouse at CC Creations. Uh, let's kind of go through this Jordan Peterson hire, and then, you know, the uh, the staff is, is all good, my friend. Jordan Peterson, uh, I would say better than up and coming. One of the better recruiters out there um, doing big things, coming back home. What does our fearless leader, Billy Lucci, say? He says, look at how, when you hire a guy, look at the reaction from the uh, place he's leaving. And the reaction was uh, not was not good at, at Kansas. They, they were not glad to see him go. You know, why would they be? You know, uh, he's, uh, from what I understand, he was one of their better recruiters and uh, defensive backs because they, uh, they gave him a title as what as assistant or, or co-defensive coordinator and you do that because you want to keep him around right. uh kansas was second in the big 12 in pass defense last year kansas kansas was second in the big 12 in pass defense kansas that's how i feel like i uh alan iverson we're talking about kansas <laughs> you know not texas we're talking about kansas not oklahoma kansas was second uh, and obviously, as a back, defensive backs coach, he had a big th- uh, big part of that. So when you consider that he's a uh, – he, they had an all-conference guy that I'm sure he coached. So when you consider that he's got a track record of recruiting really well at Kansas and putting to a, a good competitive unit out on the field at Kansas and that he went to Texas A&M, uh, man, I think you're checking all the boxes on this one. Yeah, Obi, I, I think so too. And let's kind of go through this new defense because I love the names that I can say out loud, right? Uh, offensive, excuse me, defensive coordinator Jay Bateman, defensive line Sean Spencer, a name that we we knew. Coach Tony Chaos. Eddy, who's, say, Coach Chaos. Coach Chaos. Tony Gerard Eddy, uh, Ish Artside, and Jordan Peterson. That is a nice staff. And again, under the tutelage of Mike Elko, yep. who is the defensive brainiac. He is. He is the uh, – people want to call him like the defensive whisperer. I don't think he whispers. He's the defense shouter. He's a heck of a defensive coordinator. There, there's one. When he left Notre Dame, they're like, people are up in arms. What are you doing leaving? When he left here, we were up in arms. No, don't leave. Don't go to Duke. We were hoping Duke would hire Jason Garrett. And now he's back. And and I guarantee you that A&M will have a, uh, an improved defense next year. And it wasn't bad by any means. But I think with Mike Elko – Around that Elko influence, they will be uh, they'll be even better. Well, unless it's been pretty set for a while now, but let's uh, finish off the complete coaching staff: offensive coordinator Colin Klein, running backs coach Trooper Taylor, tight end and special teams coach Patrick Doherty, Doherty, and a wide receivers coach Omen Wiggins. Uh, oh, offensive line coach Adam Cushing. So you got yourself a uh, a full full staff with some names that um, I hope they all come together the way that the 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 feeling is right now. Well, you know, we'll see. Uh, I know that Trooper Taylor. Uh, I followed him, and uh, you know, this guy's been almost coaching college football almost since he left Quero. Right? Uh, he's a uh, he's a big name in, in in that 
you know, among running backs coaches and a heck of a recruiter. But I think that I think A and M had some guys that were good recruiters and maybe not very good position coaches. And I don't think that's good enough for Mike Elko. I think you're going to be able to have to recruit, but you're going to have to teach it as well. And so I think that's another reason to feel good about uh, Texas A&M moving forward as you know, coaches. I think they'll do a better job developing some of the good talent that they're going to bring in. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Let's go to the Angry Elephant News and Social Center. Matthew Dawson's there manning it for us. Matthew, any text or news you want to get into? Well, be an Austin text. Bring Mike Evans home to the Texans and win a Super Bowl next year. You as a Texans fan, David, I'm sure you'd be pretty excited. He's a Galveston native, right? I'm sure, you know, that wouldn't be the craziest thing, right? No, Texans need wide receiver help. No doubt about that, especially when, you know, with no Tank Dale out there uh, towards the end, you could see, feel the difference, although Nico Collins was great. I'd love, I want Mike to win a Super Bowl. I don't know if Houston is the right destination, uh, but I'll take it. I'll, I mean, as a Texas fan, that's what I want. I could see him going to Kansas City because that's the name I heard a lot mentioned uh, during this offseason, OB. Yeah, Dallas would be a great place for him because they got a lot of dead weight at receiver. And he doesn't have to be the number one guy. Yeah, yeah. But, again, who's this coach going to be? <sighs> thanks for bringing me down to earth. OB, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for running my day. <laughs> talk to you later, buddy. All right. Hey, uh, when we come back here on Texags Radio, we're going to talk to Tom Hart. Uh, we'll join him on the uh, Brian Foley Law Hotline. That and more. It's Texags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelry. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.